welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. I think that anyone who's been married for any length of time knows exactly how hard it is to stay happy. Uh, if you, and you add a couple of kids in there, it gets even tougher. So uh, I thought it'd be fun to have my guest today. She is going to share really some insight on how to have a great marriage, even if you have a boatload of kids like she does. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> she is the mother of seven and is a published author and a licensed professional counselor. Welcome, Jamie Kirkbride. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine having seven, but I did come from seven children. There's nine in my family. I'm the sixth of seven, and oh, my mom and dad had uh, seven kids in eight years. So there's oh, wonderful, and you're a really survivor, close. so I can have good hope for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a survivor. That's right. <laughs> so, but you don't see that many these days. Uh, that you know, as young as you are, to have uh, how, what are your your kids range in age? Our age spans from four to 22. Oh, wow. So we were wedding planning and potty training all at the same time. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it was. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, what would you, so you're, I know you're a, a professional counselor, so obviously you must work with a lot of couples and um, probably, you, you probably work with them on parenting and, as well, but, but I really wanted to talk to you about um, marriage just in and of itself because I, I really feel like if you have a healthy marriage, a happy marriage, then everything else is easier, including parenting, and you're more likely to be on the same page when it comes to uh, how you parent. Is that what you find? Absolutely. Absolutely. A good sense of humor, laughing is key. It's actually vital to a marriage. And a good marriage is one of the best gifts that we can give our kids. It's one of the best things we can experience in life. And as you already indicated, when marriage is going well, it seems like every other area of your life tends to go better. Yeah. So laughter is definitely vital. <laughs> so that, that would be your number one. Was that your main thing that you think is kind of like a foundation of kind of laying the groundwork for a really good marriage? I do. I think that understanding each other is probably the foundation. So maybe in personalities is kind of how I frame that. And when we know each other, we know what their strengths are. We know what their struggles are. We even know what their emotional needs are. And I think we understand their sense of humor, what makes them laugh, what makes them happy. And in turn, they learn to know those same things about us. And I think that's what truly helps a relationship work well is when we know each other. And that includes a lot of humor because they say that couples attract because they're opposites. And at first, those things are cute and funny, but later, those tend to be the things that kind of rub us raw, <laughs> the gears that get stuck. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I could see that that being the case, something that you think is uh, neat or whatever, really cute. And then, yeah. then, oh my God, you're so sick of it so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We have to look for the blessing a little bit harder the longer we're together. <laughs> That is so true. Well, I have done a lot of thinking about this topic just on my own throughout the years, like most people, I'm sure. That uh, and I, I've come to realize that the the main thing with my husband John and I, the, of why we're together, 
after so many years. We've been married 31 years this year. Um, Yay. And it, but it took 30 to figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding you. I, I wish that wasn't the case, that I was a slow learner. I um, was very stubborn, and just it took me forever to really realize that one of the main things, I think, with John and I is he still makes me laugh. And I think that's why I'm still around, because I do think that that is really, really important. He has a wicked sense of humor and <laughs> and, and and is really, um, you know, one of those people that's really quick, you know, with right. his, witty. his yeah. he's extremely witty. And my, my son has that uh, gift as well. And it just, you know, I just really appreciate that. I think another reason is he's really smart. You know, he comes across like Columbo, you know, so a lot of times like he tries to fool people into thinking he's really not that smart. (laughs) So some people do take him at uh, what the face value of what they think he is, but he actually is way smarter underneath and just not, I think, I think he doesn't want people to think he's that smart so he doesn't have to do as much work. It's (laughs) not so much pressure that way. (laughs) Yeah. When when people know you're smart, they ask you to do things for them and (laughs) but you do more work and stuff. He always says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the heavy lifter, you know, I'll just give me some heavy object to, you know, to lift. (laughs) That's right. Well, I know my husband and I are very opposite, polar opposites. I don't know if two people could be more different. And if we didn't have the ability to laugh and joke and have fun together, I don't know how it would work, especially when you add seven more personalities of all of our kids in that same mix, that if it wasn't for laughter, I think our home would probably crumble. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, I, I wasn't planning to ask you this, but actually I just was thinking about, do you uh, find that in this political climate that cu- that husbands and wives need to agree politically? Because sometimes I, uh, in, in my real estate uh, practice, I have clients that sometimes, most of the time they agree, I notice if that topic comes up even, they'll both be on the same page. But sometimes I'll have like the husband's one way and, you know, the husband's the other. Do you find in your practice, has that ever occurred to you, whether that's something that, you know, tends to be very important if you're on the same page politically? I think it would probably make the atmosphere in your home a little more tense at those times where maybe the elections are taking place, when maybe the political climate itself tends to be more stressful. So I think that that would be one of the key areas in those differences where you really learn to navigate, you know, where do we find the humor in this? Where can we make those little inside jokes and keeping those jokes appropriate so that they're not (laughs) hurtful or harmful, but maybe just small ways that you, you tend to agree in, in disagreement, if you know what I mean. You just kind of learn to settle on two different sides and maybe find some humor or, or lightheartedness in that. Well, if you have somebody that, say you have a couple and one is not particularly uh, humor-filled, they just don't really have that good of a sense of humor, do you, do you have suggestions for uh, couples like that or people like that? Absolutely. You know, one of the first things people think is, well, but how can we have more laughter in our marriage? I'm just not a funny person. And honestly, they find that more people laugh by being in the presence of other people than by actually funny content or jokes. So if you just make yourself 
hang out with people who are lighthearted, you can oftentimes learn how to maybe take life less seriously. And sometimes the humor is found in maybe learning to laugh at ourselves, seeing that we make mistakes and it's not that serious that that we can survive that and it can actually become maybe a small joke between our spouse and I. Maybe it's hanging out with fun friends. So if you're not funny, maybe you have fun friends. Hang out with fun friends more often. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's, you know, uh, looking through social media, they sometimes have those funny memes Look up something funny like that and generate laughs. Sometimes sitting down to watch a comedy together. But it doesn't have to be um, laughter that comes from I'm a person who knows hilarious jokes. That there's so much that relates to laughter and humor between a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know those uh, the, on the social media aspect, you have those funny cat videos. And I, I know everybody loves those because they, they're just right. so popular. And I love them. I think they're hilarious when you, <laughs> you're watching them. <laughs> they so. even have some really funny comedy, short comedy clips online. You know, open one of those up and watch it in a day. You know, just a few minutes of laughter actually has physical effects on our body. Not just relationally, but actually physical effects on our body. So, like, what what kind of effects would does laughter create, like, from a physical aspect? You bet. Study has actually shown that it does several things, such as stimulate healing in our body. It can lower our blood pressure. It can boost our immune response. It can help in reducing pain. It can be beneficial to our memory. It can improve our sleep. It can ease digestive problems. It enhances our oxygen intake, and it actually even improves our blood flow. I mean, there's so many exciting things that it can do. It, it physically can heal things within our body just because of having um, endorphins that are released. Endorphins are released as uh, cortisol, which is a stress-reducing chemical in our body. It is also, if, if we're just sitting around and all of a sudden we get that feeling of, oh, you know, life is just good. That's what we get as a result of an endorphin. So laughing releases endorphins in our body, which then release the chemical and cause us to actually feel happier, to feel better. Hmm. So there's real science behind laughter. There really is. They've actually done several studies over the year. There's some fascinating ones to read up on. They say that the typical person laughs about 13 times a day. And they say that if you were to laugh for 15 minutes straight, you would burn 40 calories. <laughs> wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. They actually say that if you were to sit on a rowing machine and row for 10 minutes, that your heart rate would be the same as if you laughed hard for just one minute. Now, wow. I don't know about you, but I'd rather laugh than yeah. row. <laughs> well, then I think I'm burning some calories, it sounds like. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I tend to laugh quite a bit. Um, what would you, what would your advice be if you had a couple that was like really, you know, not getting along and they're struggling? What would you, what do you typically advise a couple like that to, to, in order to find their way back to each other? You bet. First of all, I would say increase laughter. And I would say there's probably five key ways that I would encourage them to do that. First okay. of all, I think it's important that they just learn about each other, learn about each other's personalities, the things that they find funny, the things they don't find funny. You know, there's basically four personality styles and each of those personalities relates to humor and laughing differently. 
one of the, one of those personalities loves to share the dumb things they do in a day if it makes somebody else laugh. Okay, my husband and I went to Walmart one day and we walk in, we shop, we get ready to leave and I had no idea where I had parked my car. But this is usual for me, so it didn't bother me one bit. I took my <laughs> keys and I hit the panic button. And of course, when you hit the panic button, what happens? But the alarm starts sounding. He about hit the pavement. He was so embarrassed. (laughs) And he yells, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just finding my car. And he said, well, can't you remember where you put it? And I said, no, this is the easiest way. Just set off the alarm and then walk where you hear it. Okay, our humor was different there. It doesn't matter to me if I look silly or look crazy or even if I look dumb. I can find some humor in that. He, on the other hand, didn't want to be embarrassed with people looking, with people wondering, oh, no, did he lose his car? That to him was embarrassing. It wasn't funny. And so we've had to kind of learn to navigate ways that I share my humor and maybe ways that he would not want to share his humor. And again, that's grounded in personality. So, so the, so that's one of the main things then it sounds like, or at least one of the first steps is really understanding personality types, probably understanding yourself, I would imagine, as well as your spouse, uh, you bet. Right? Because his personality is very private. They don't want to draw attention to themselves. They don't necessarily want to be noticed. So he will not use humor to do that. That would be embarrassing and humiliating to him. Yet to me, if it was about me, it would be funny. It, you know, if I do something dumb, it may as well be a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and with seven kids, you know, you're not, you probably oh. are a we More have all sorts whatever, of stories. Right? <laughs> You're probably like, that's no big deal. <laughs> I've given up looking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that would make you um, really um, more of a, rela- a little bit of a more relaxed personality because you have to roll with it probably that's with that right. many kids. And humble. It's an act in humility. <laughs> <laughs> so, you would, so you would advise people to study their personality type. Now, what... Um, when you say the four main, are you talking about like the DISC, D-I-S-C, or is there another personality type uh, like system that you, you like? The system I use is similar. It uses four colors. It also uses descriptive words. So there would be one that is powerful. There is one that is proper. There's one that's peaceful. There's one that's playful. And then there's colors that relate as well. So obviously the playful is going to be the one that finds a lot of things funny. The powerful is going to find fun, but in ways that they designate more safe and respectable. The proper typically is very private. And so they may think that jokes are funny or be able to laugh at other people, but they will not want to be, you know, the brunt of another's joke. And a peaceful phlegmatic kind of fits what a situation needs. So they might add some dry humor. They may have some wit that they throw in here and there, but they're largely observers and just kind of laugh at others' jokes. That's that's so interesting because um, I went to years ago. Um, I went to a real estate conference, and they had a speaker on personality types, and it was right. s- similar to what you're describing. There was four colors. It was like the green planet, which so the green. It's like you're talking about kind of a, a more like doctors, lawyers, professional power people, uh, owners of businesses, right. and so forth. And then there was. Um, the uh, orange sky, which sounds like the playful. There are people that are just a lot of personality. Where's the party at? Right. Kind of person. And then the the uh, blue ocean is like uh, very family oriented, more serene, more of a, um, a, a more mellow person. Loves animals and and family. 
And then the um, gold mine was the last of the four. And it was like a lot of teachers are gold mine. They're much more um, pro- probably um, uh, compliant oriented right. and, and like structure. So they're uh, amazing employees and things like that, and you know teachers and so forth. So I, I took this conference and and that was the first time I ever really started studying personality types because since then I've done a lot of studying on this subject, but and different right. systems. But that taught taught me a lot because that was probably I don't know fifteen sixteen years ago, and I right. came home and I was telling my husband, oh I'm. A blue ocean, and I'm just, you know, because I love animals. And he was like, uh, no, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you're a green planet. You know, you're much more like, and I was like, wow, you mean I'm not like, you know, warm and fuzzy? You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was a real eye-opener. Now, I've worked on right. that since since that time because of the awareness that it, it allowed me to self-reflect more so I'd imagine just from a counseling standpoint like in your your line of work that that really helps people to understand how people view them as well as how they understand themselves absolutely our understanding of ourselves our understanding of our spouse and how to navigate those differences how do we put these together in one house and both feel like we get to be ourselves how do we put ourselves in the same house and both feel like we get a say in how things work How do we navigate life? Because our personality affects everything we do, the choices we make, our responses to things, the way we communicate. So it really does help you kind of bridge that gap and figure out how do we both get to be who we were created to be and peacefully. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the other, you mentioned four, I think, four. Yes, um... there's four others. The second would be to laugh with each other, not at each other. And I think that's a very careful distinction because a lot of times couples hear, oh, we just need to start laughing more. And and all of a sudden, you know, one of them starts being the brunt of jokes and that never, ever makes a marriage better. (laughs) So so please don't anyone go home and just increase the laughter if it's inappropriate and say that I recommended that. I'm not not advising that. So um, definitely learning to to navigate, you know, what, what do we find funny? What is you know, in the within the structure of who we are and what our marriage is, what kind of things do we find laughable? You know, is it something we observe? Is it something we do? Is it, um, you know, the third the third thing I have is to establish your own inside jokes that promote laughter. Um, years ago, there was an episode. I think it was Mad About You, where the couple um, came up with a code word for intimacy, and it was cake. And that way, no matter where they were, they could talk about liking cake or do you want some cake or whatever. And no one ever knew, but it was a joke between them. And I think it's so important as couples that we have those little inside jokes that just bring a smile to our face, that that make us laugh just a little. Or, you know, maybe we choose to share it with our closest friends and, and it's something we all laugh about together. You know, whatever it is that you just navigate those issues and figure out what is our what, where's our funny bone? <laughs> well, and I would think that uh, a joke like that, like the cake, um, that inside <laughs> joke would also be really nice for um, that, for you to feel very connected, like an inner circle with your spouse or your family members, if it's something that the kids are in on too, uh, that more of a bonding type thing, that, th- that we're the, um, a unit, basically. Absolutely. And laughter is so key to bonding. It helps, you know, not only 
release those endorphins that are the feel-good chemicals. But it actually, they say through science studies, they found that when you laugh, other people find you more attractive. So within a marriage, that increases your sex appeal. (laughs) It makes that other person find you attractive. It makes them drawn to you. Um, It lightens the mood between you. It releases tensions, releases anxieties, and, and increases that bond. Well, that makes a lot of sense, I would think. And in fact, it seems like when when you're out somewhere or you're at a party or whatever, I, I mean, you gravitate towards people that are laughing and having a good time, right? Absolutely. So I would think that, um, you know, just in general, that would be... That is very true. Really good. So what's... Uh, very true. The next thing would be to recall memories that evoke the laughing. In fact, that's oftentimes when couples come in for counseling, one of the first things that I do is I say, tell me about how you met. And they've actually done several scientific studies on this, and they have measured couples' responses as they talk about the days, their early dating days, the days they met, getting engaged, etc. And the more couples laugh about those memories, the healthier their relationship tends to be. So when a couple sits down with me and they talk about those early days, it tells me a lot just to watch their response as they speak about those days, the things that they bring up, the things that they laugh about. Um, If laughter is non-existent, that's a big message. So they actually did a study where they they measured people's responses, like 74 couples, and they measured their responses as they talked about these memories. And then they followed up with those couples three years later. And of those couples, the ones that had the scores where they spent more time laughing and interacting lightheartedly, their percentage of staying together was much higher. Hmm. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, how do you, um, when it comes to, say you have a healthy marriage like you, and yet you have a lot of kids, even if you only had one or two, um, how do you navigate staying, you know, on the same page when you have disagreements um, about whether it's you know the kid one of the kids getting in trouble, uh, getting into drugs, whatever it may be, what do you what do what do you counsel people on that on how to do that? You bet. You know, there's so many big things, whether it's in life in general or in parenting, that cause us to just kind of up our game and maybe become more serious. I think it's always important that we have time where we just come back as a couple and reconnect in those ways that cause us to laugh or feel lighthearted. A funny story in our family, and, and, and again, I say this has to be individual for each couple. I don't recommend going home and trying this unless you know this would be funny. But my husband and I have this little inside joke where when he's in the shower, I dump a cold cup of water on him. Now, <laughs> you would try that to <laughs> some spouses and you'd lose your head. Yeah. However, <laughs> he kind of likes the shock factor. So if he's in there showering and he's scrubbing his hair and he doesn't hear me coming, doesn't see me coming, and I dump a glass of cold water on him, he shrieks, but then he just starts laughing hysterically. And it doesn't matter if I do it every day. He never tires of this trick. In fact, I hadn't done it for a while. And then I went in and I did it again one day and he started laughing. And I I said, can you just tell me why is that funny? Because let me tell you, if you did that to me, I would be very upset. (laughs) And he said, this is why it it surprises me and it helps me know we're okay. 
He said, it's kind of like just our little inside joke. And so when you do that, I know that we're in a good place. Aww. And I think that's important that we find those things as couples. Again, not that it would be a cold glass of water on everyone. Yeah. But that we find those things that basically say, hey, I know we're okay. And that's actually what number five was, to utilize laughter as a way of making up and getting back on track. So it sounds like um, kind of rituals. I mean, almost. That almost sounds like a right. ritual that you have developed over time that you do pretty regularly that is just between like an, like an inside joke between the two of you. That's right. Those inside jokes that just kind of become a special way of saying, I know we're okay, or despite how hard today was, we're going to be okay. There was another time in our marriage where we were kind of struggling a little bit. And I was trying to relate to my husband, my need to feel like he was there for me, that he was, you know, supportive or that I felt his presence or that we were interacting positively. And so every day he would set his towel over the top of his shower. Well, I went in one day and I took his towel and I replaced it with a tiny square of toilet paper. (laughs) And he went to grab his towel and he said, well, what's this? And I said, well, that's all you get today. And he said, well, that's not going to be enough to dry me off. And I said, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I kind of felt that way yesterday when I just needed more time with you. And instead of getting the towel, I got toilet paper. <laughs> and it kind of became a joke between us because then in the about the process of about maybe the next 10 days, we were on this quest to see how the toilet paper piece would grow. So the next day he did something with me that, you know, took some time to sit and visit with me, laugh with me, have fun with me. And I put four squares of toilet paper over the top of the thing. And and so he goes to grab his towel and I had, you know, snuck in there and put these four squares of toilet paper. And he said, oh, wow, it's only four squares, but that's better than one. <laughs> so he laughed about it. And, and it became a real picture for him of what it was that I was talking about. It was, it was putting something I was feeling to, to a word picture that he could identify with. And, and of course I would give him his towel afterwards. And, but it it really became one of those inside jokes that years later we can refer back to the toilet paper and laugh about, remember when we did that? And yeah, I remember after about seven days, I finally had a good string of toilet paper going and (laughs) yeah, but you know, the towel's really better after all, you know, those little things become jokes that even when life is tough, we can go back to that and laugh about those memories. So when those really big, tough things come, we have a foundation. We have the strong foundation that says we've been through things before. We're going to navigate this too. And laughter will be key for those. And I think that that, that's an important gift that we give each other as well as send outward from our family, that it's something that, that we find that important to share. Well, it's interesting that, um, you know, uh, in addition to, you know, just like that, just kind of having the inside uh, jokes and, and things, I think it's uh, important to understand kind of how the other person is really, how they're communicating to you, like with, because uh, like you were saying that that was, you were, you were communicating something initially. Now, then it became right. an inside joke, <laughs> but originally you were, you right. know, really sending them a message. But I recently took a, um, a love language test with my niece, actually. Right. Uh, she went through all these questions. I mean, there was a gazillion questions, <laughs> it seemed like. And, uh, and so she said, based on the results, it said that I was, like, my, my main way of understanding love is words. And then the second was, um, oh, touch. 
And so gifts don't mean anything. In fact, don't give me flowers because they die. <laughs> so I'm not that. That is not something that would thrill me. And even a diamond right. necklace, you know, I'm just not a. I'm just not. It's not that I wouldn't appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. But I. Right. <laughs> but I. But that's not my main thing. It's not gifts or um, you know service even, which was one of the four. I guess there's four if I remember correctly ways okay. of communicating love. But words like saying I love you and saying nice things, oh, you look really nice today. I don't care if if everybody in the world were to say that to me. It really only matters if John says it. So it's like, you know what I mean? So The words uh, of affirmation, that's the language you speak. That's what you hear, and that's how you're going to feel most loved. And it's interesting how the love languages that you talked about, there really is you know, an importance to understanding that as a couple. So if you're going to understand each other's personalities, absolutely take the time to understand the love languages too. And, and I think, you know, humor and laughter fits in with those love languages as, as well. You know, the love language that I was communicating about with the toilet paper was quality time. You know, I needed quality time, which is one of the other languages. I, I believe it's physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, um, Gifts. Oh, what was gifts and it seems service. like there's service acts of service and so those are important things to navigate and like you said that's your language you tend to speak that language you hear that language and and as couples we have to learn to modify what we speak to our couple for what it is that they hear yeah, you hear his love as words how does he hear your love his love language apparently is service. Like if he's, if he will, rather than say something or, um, or even touch per se, he's not a big hand holder. He'll vacuum or he'll, he'll wash my car and do stuff right. like that, which is really nice. Don't get me wrong. Although half the time I don't notice because I'm like, <laughs> it's not your language. Yeah, right. I'm just like going through the world with blinders on all the time. So like, you know, right. half the time he has to tell me, oh, right. oh, wow, that's really nice that you did that. You washed my car because I'm just like not even paying attention. But so it, it is interesting once you are aware of that and realize, oh, OK, this is how, you know, this is important to him. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm sure it's probably rooted in childhood. I don't know. I don't know if you, you know, if you would say that, but I would I would kind of guess because being the sixth of seven, I did, and my parents just were not the kind of parents who said I love you. That that just wasn't their generation. They were kind of the, mm-hmm. and they just it just they weren't they were much more reserved than yeah. than that. So it was probably you know that kind of thing from childhood. I don't know. Is that Typically where you think that would be based? I think it could work one of two ways. I think sometimes we feel the absence of something and that that's kind of a void we choose to try to fill the rest of our lives. Other times I think, you know, my parents, my mom was a big gift giver and one of my languages is gifts. I think I grew very accustomed Mm -hmm. to her giving those gifts and so that felt important. I know our family for a number of years didn't have a television, but we spent a lot of time together. So maybe something that I grew accustomed to, I kind of assigned to this feeling of being loved. Well, you spend time together and you give each other gifts. So I think it can kind of work both ways. And I, and I do think that there is an overlay with the personalities. And so I think it's important to understand your personality and how that fits with your love language. It's very, it's very interesting. And it sounds like the, the, 
it, you know, bottom line is is how the importance of laughter in your life, and and really the importance of understanding not only yourself but your but your spouse as well as communicating and right. you know learning how to laugh with them. Absolutely, I think laughter truly is the best medicine. <laughs> well, I have one one last question for you before I and I do want to ask how people can you know access your books because I know you have authored uh, a number of books. So, um, but I want to ask you, how do you, if you've, even if you understand your spouse, you understand yourself, do you, when you have a lot of kids like you do, how do you, gosh, how do you navigate all of that? You, you, you really realize each one of your kids and how, how their personality is? Is that what you would recommend? Absolutely. You know, if I didn't have the information about personalities, I think I would feel like I was going nuts. First of all, because my husband and I are polar opposites. If I didn't have the framework of personalities, I wouldn't understand what was at play. Obviously, with seven kids in the house, we have seven different combinations of personalities. And if I didn't understand those differences, I would be trying to do the same thing for each one of them and getting a totally different result. Where this way, because I understand the personalities, I can tailor my approach for what each child needs. Some of them really like to spend fun time together. Some of them like to do something quiet with me and just have me near them. Others of them like to talk really deep. Some of them don't like to talk very deep. That feels kind of private and personal, but they'll sit and they'll play a game with me. So through understanding their personalities, I can tailor my approach for what each child needs individually. And that's actually what my book is about. It's the book that I co-authored is the Yuzu and it's a children's personality assessment. Mm. And you read through this story with your child and it's four monkeys in a zoo and each monkey makes different decisions and your child gets to decide which personality of monkey he's most like. And so you just go through the course of the day making different decisions with the monkeys. And at the end, you get a good idea of how they view themselves. Wow. So I, I really do think it is key in family life, uh, whether you have kids and you're using it with them, whether you have a spouse and you're using it with them, I think it helps you understand yourself and even just the community that we're in, whether it's people at work or friends or even the crabby gro- lady at the grocery stand <laughs> checking you out and a little annoyed. You know, sometimes even just understanding, you know, what her personality might be. We can learn a lot by watching them, by listening to them. And if we tailor our communication for the people that we meet, uh, we can be far more effective. So the book is called You Zoo, like Y O U, and then Z O O. Yes, the Yuzu, and it's on Amazon. Oh, the you can also, yes, the Yuzu. Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's also at parentingwithpersonality.com, which is my personal website. And people are more than welcome to visit there, and they can make contact there, ask questions, leave a message, whatever. But parentingwithpersonality.com. Parentingwithpersonality.com. So that's how people that's could right. uh, get in touch with you if they wanted to, or uh, and they can go on Amazon, buy your book, The Yuzu. That sounds really cool. My my daughter now has two little girls, and oh, um, yeah, they're two in six months. So, and I can oh. see the two-year-old already has lots of personality, and oh, the baby, yes. <laughs> my gosh, I already has a lot of personality, and very fun. It's very cool being a grandma, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. And it's crazy how early those personalities start popping out. Yeah. It's, it's so fun to see. It is truly one of the greatest gifts as a mom, is just watching each child take on their own individual personality and 
uniqueness. Yeah, so I'm going to have to, I'll have to check out that book, get that book for her, uh, for my daughter, right. because that sounds really cool just to get the early um, clues as to their personality and, and, uh, that's and right. That's that's just really good stuff. Well, thank I you. I also so, do a. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm I also do a six week um, personality online course that a lot of parents are getting started with, and it just breaks down all of the personalities and helps you understand yourself as a parent, and then goes through week by week for different portions of parenting topics wow. and how it relates to personality. So the information for that is on my site as well. Well, that sounds really cool. Uh, so it's good. a six weeks course that you go on and. You and just like do a, it online at your own pace. Like a module. I know sometimes, that's right, a module. There's 11 modules. It's broken down into six weeks. And I know that sometimes as a busy mom, your only quiet time comes in the middle of the night. So you just complete it at your own pace in your own time. Wow. Well, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't know how you have time for all of this. Let me tell you. The fact that you have so many kids, I just think, and you, you know, you're an entrepreneur and an author and businesswoman. It's, it's you know, inspiring. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's a great blessing, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and hopefully, you know, some people will uh, listen to what, you know, the advice that you gave and shared and really be inspired to kind of uh, get some more laughter in their life and take take one of your courses if uh, or, or read your book. It sounds like it would be very helpful. Uh, well, thank you for having me. It was a joy. I, and anytime, call me anytime, Patty. I'd love to help you out. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Jamie. And uh, this wraps up this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show. So until right. next time. Thank you.